You're listening to Athleisure Kitchen, where you'll get the inside scoop with those in the culinary world from celebrity chefs, food personalities, restaurateurs, and more. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith of Athleisure Mag, so set an extra plate as we chat all things culinary. today's Athleisure Kitchen, we catch up with Chef Chris Scott, who we've enjoyed seeing him compete as a chef testant, making it to the finals of Top Chef Season 15, as well as winning as judging on a number of shows, most recently Bobby's Triple Threat. We talk about his TV appearances and why this is important to include with his brand. His passion for food, bringing awareness to African-American cuisine, and his technique is seen in every dish. We caught up with him right before he dropped his cookbook, Homage, Recipes and Stories from an Amish Soul Food Kitchen. In this cookbook, he shares the story of his family over seven generations from enslaved ancestors to his great-grandfather who migrated to Pennsylvania after the Emancipation Proclamation to where Chris grew up in Amish country. This heritage and experience led him to being a successful chef in Philadelphia and New York City. In addition to his story, he illustrates how Amish soul food is a blend of Southern, German, and Dutch cuisines. We also talk about his restaurant, Butterfunk Biscuit, teaching at the Institute of Culinary Education, and the importance of giving back through time and education to those that are coming up in the industry. So when did you fall in love with food, and when did you know that you wanted to be a chef as a career? I would say I fell in love with it. I guess when I realized that I fell in love with it was probably, you know, early on in my career. Um, it was sort of when it became more than just cooking. It was when it became more so like a way of life, when I understood the power uh, within the food and what it could do, not only to sustain our bodies and everything, but what it could do, you know, culturally and, mm. you know, things of that nature. It became more of a revolutionary kind of platform, mm-hmm. you know, for me. And how do you define your culinary style? My style, uh, you know, it, 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 it changes from time to time, you know, like when, when you first start out, you know, you're really trying to bust out all your best moves <laughs> in the beginning. And I, and, and you see that a lot with a lot of younger chefs, right? you know, like they really want it to be more about them than it is about the food. You know, so you kind of go through those phases, you know, up and down the, the the ebb and flow. But the older that I get, I understand that it is about the food, that it was never really about me. So you really try hard to highlight those things as far as food and everything is concerned, that it's about the farmers. It's about the, the growing aspects of it. It's about all of those things. You know, mm-hmm. my, my cooking some of the styles of it. I mean, I, I've been trained in fine dining. I've been doing that for about 30 plus years. You know, I worked, you know, in a lot of really high, high, high post spots, mm-hmm. you know, right now I kind of focus it on the food of my ancestors, mm-hmm. but, but I do it all. Mm. But well, this time, you know, the focus is really about the food right. and not about me, you know? Right. And tell me about Butterfunk Biscuit Company. I've looked at the Instagram pages like over the past, you know, few months and everything. And it is some drool worthy pictures. Yeah. I don't do the social media on there. You know, Um, (laughs) I've seen it here and there, you know, but uh, but Butterfunk Biscuit Company, it's 
It's heritage biscuits at its finest. You're going to be experiencing, you know, biscuits that have been passed down for four generations. Mm-hmm. And it's the biscuit that I did on the show, Top Chef, which got a lot of notoriety and people were lined up out, outside the doors, you know, and they still are. Mm-hmm. You know, but but um, it's like where you can really come and it emphasizes more on black bakers because I also do a lot of pastries mm-hmm. out of there. I'm going to be expanding into like different rotis and injeras and, mm. and everything. So like really focusing on countries that bake, you know, from brown, brown countries, mm-hmm. you know. So just really trying to emphasize, you know, breads made by brown hands. Mm. And I did enjoy your season on Top Chef uh, season 15. You know, why did you want to compete on the show? I mean, you were a finalist on that season, which was amazing. Um, I just loved hearing your story. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's funny because that particular season, I did not want to compete. I was I was uh, I, I applied five times onto the show and then just didn't get on to it and everything. I read somewhere where over 200,000 chefs apply for the show every year. Wow. And they choose anywhere from like 15 to 12 to 15 people. And after a while, the, the process is very long. Not only do you have to fill out this intense application to sometimes you, you hear back, sometimes you don't, mm. to only have to go through a bunch of Skype calls, to doing tastings, to being flown to different locations of the country, wow. you know, so it's, 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 it's a pretty long process, mm-hmm. you know, and I didn't want to go through that process, you know, <laughs> for I can understand a that. time. And, and at that time, my wife and I, we had our youngest kid. So we had a one-year-old and a baby. Mm-hmm. And, and when I got the call, I turned them down at first. And I told my wife, I said, hey, listen, Top Chef called. They wanted me to come and try out for the season. But I told them no. And she mm-hmm. said, well, call, call them back and tell them yes. <laughs> and I said, well, how how are we going to do this? Like, how are you going to run two restaurants and two small children mm-hmm. You know, if I get on the show? And she said, don't worry, we'll find a way. Wow. So we got on and we found a way. You found a way. Well, <laughs> I believe shortly after that season aired, Koshan 555 happened. And I think that's where I first saw you in person. Um, yes. We were media sponsors of that event. And it was just really cool to see you and your, some other chef testants there as well. You know, and I know you support other chefs and do other types of foodie events. Why is that so important to you to participate, you know, and, and to present yourself there in front of all of these people? You know, it's always good to keep yourself out there, yep. you know, to kind of show people what you're doing and to really use that platform sometimes a little bit more than just food to kind of talk about, you know, how how the industry is moving or what's new or even some new dishes that maybe you might want to highlight. Mm-hmm. But also important to really uplift the ones that are coming up behind you as well. Mm-hmm. I think I did that event with Tyler and Bruce, yep. you know, back in the day. Mm-hmm. And, then, and, then, and then actually... We actually, there, there was a cochon in Denver when we were doing, or in Aspen, when we were at the finals. We weren't supposed to leave the cast house, but we <laughs> snuck out. We snuck out and we went to the cochon party back then. I yep. mean, not only is it fun, you know, mm-hmm. and you get to kind of, you know, rub elbows with some of your, with your colleagues from different parts of the country, mm-hmm. you know, but, but, but like I said, it's, it's good to kind of lift up 
the other chefs that are coming up behind you to give them that experience yeah. to be aware to also see what's happening so the following years they can be involved mm-hmm. well we recently saw you on bobby's triple threat love that episode how mm-hmm. was that to you know be on the show to taste two great chefs going head to head and then all, obviously having to score them and figure out a winner <laughs> right 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 i mean that for that day it was some good eats for sure yeah you know? that looks so good <laughs> <laughs> I knew that I was going there. And, you know, I didn't eat eat breakfast that day at all. I went there, but that whole experience was pretty surreal. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew I knew of Bobby from back in my Philly days. He started out on the Food Network doing a show called Grilling and Chilling. Yep, with Jack McDavid, who's a Philly chef mm. back in the day, and they tried to have like. Jack McDavid was this country bumpkin dude wearing mm-hmm. like a, a farmer's outfit or something. And Bobby was supposed to be like a city boy coming on the scene. But now here we are almost 20 years later, you know, and he's still doing it. I'm still doing it. And just kind of talking about the old days and having the opportunity to, to be on the show is a great time. I love that. And so I'm excited to learn more about homage recipes and stories from an Amish soul food kitchen. Um, I live in New York now, but I'm originally from Indianapolis. So I grew up around Amish communities, although not in my town per se. Um, And I never thought of Amish and soul food having a connection until I saw you on Top Chef and you were talking about it. Can you tell me why you wrote this book and, you know, what that connection was like? Sure. So the book was written for a bunch of reasons. I think the first and foremost is that I, I, I look at it like it's a love letter passed down from the women that raised me, mm-hmm. you know, to my children. And their story kind of runs through me. You know, my mother and grandmother passed away before my children were born. Mm-hmm. And there always comes a time when in anyone's life when they kind of want to know where am I from? Who are my ancestors? You know, what did they do? What did they eat? Mm-hmm. You know, so this book really touches base on that. Mm-hmm. But also with the intermingling of the food and everything, soul food to me is regional based on where you are. Mm-hmm. You know, so so wherever you are in the country is certainly, you know, where 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 some of the ingredients will be available to you. Mm-hmm. For example, my people are from Virginia, right. Tidewater people, you know, so you have a lot of that Virginia agriculture, a little bit of that coastal stuff with the shad, the shad row, the blue crab, so on and so forth. You keep on going down south, Gullah Geechee mm-hmm. in the Carolinas, more rice culture, more African flavors. You keep on going further south. Now you're in the panhandle of Florida, mm-hmm. you know, more Creole. Yeah. You know what I mean? Up where I'm from, there were German, Dutch, and Amish. So after emancipation happened, you know, with the great uh, the migration and everything, you know, by the time I was born, the Southern culture and the Amish culture were already intermingled, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was the only food that, that I knew, you know? Wow. But, but that happens everywhere because Black people are everywhere. everywhere. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Yeah. So what foods are considered Amish foods? Well, it's more of a flavor, okay. you know, more so than like black Amish. It's right. more like so in 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 you know, the flavors that that we bring with us mm-hmm. from Africa, through the Caribbean, through the American South and so forth. Mm-hmm. But once you intermingle it with some of that German technique and flavors, you have acidity and sugars and a lot of vinegar and that sweet and sour aspect kind of really plays its role. You know, like, yeah. for example, that lemonade fried chicken 
that I did on Top Chef Mm -hmm. and which is also in the book. Mm. You know, like everybody and their mama is doing some form of tea brined uh, chicken, you know, but I chose to do a lemonade brine. Now, it's not like country time. Mm-hmm. You know, but it is lemon juice. It is, you know, hot sauce. It is buttermilk. It is, you know, fresh spices and everything. So it's more or less um, a savory lemon, like a marinade like that with that kind of is on the border of sweet and savory. Mm. You know, so you have all of those aspects and flavors into it as well. So when I talk about the Amish food, again, it's not like black Amish food. Right. It's more like flavor profiles and stuff like that. Wow. Well, you know, you've cooked at nine James Beard Foundation dinners, five of them as the lead chef. You were also creating the first Juneteenth dinner um, at the Beard House with Brother Luck and Tanya Hopkins and Andrea Chatham. You know, now this dinner is an annual event. What is it like to cook at Beard House? And what was it like to create that iconic meal for Juneteenth? It was it was super special. I actually got invited back today. I'm going back on December 5th. That's exciting. Which would be number 10, which blows my mind, you know. Mm-hmm. But but uh but every single time that I walk through those doors, I always intentionally get there first. Mm-hmm. I always want to be the first person in the room mm-hmm. because I remember all of the legendary chefs that came through before me. Mm-hmm. That stood in that same kitchen. And I always like to be there first, put my hands on the table, kind of get a feel, play my music, yep. you know, start start prepping, but just kind of like really set the mood and the vibe for everyone that comes to because tonight's my night, yeah. you know, and, 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 and that's always kind of been what's going on. And for, and for chefs, you know, of color mm-hmm. that, that might be coming through, I always say, Hey, listen, before you go, call me and mm-hmm. I'm going to tell you how to really make this night special. You know what I mean? Wow, yeah. So I gotta have them have them follow through. But as far as the Juneteenth is concerned, I mean, yeah, it was it was special to kind of you know be the first mm-hmm. to do that, and 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 I'm really glad that they continue to 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 do so because you know we, like I said, we always want to be able to pull all the others up. Yep. You know, and there's a lot of really amazing chefs. You know, from generations that are behind me, that are up and coming, you mm-hmm. know, that are already here, yeah. you know, and for them to have their moment there is is special, too. Mm. Well, you're also the chef at the Institute of Culinary Education. Why did you want to add this to your resume? I mean, you have so many things that you've done that are amazing. You know, what was about that that you wanted to be a part of it? Uh, well, they asked me to come through. You know, like it, it more so started off on the ambassador level, mm-hmm. you know, where they said, hey, listen, you're doing great things. Why don't you use our space, mm-hmm. you know, and we'll pay you for it. So whenever we have an idea to do something creative, they want to be a part of it. So they'll mm-hmm. be like, come through, use our kitchen, use our food. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is document it and kind of teach that to 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 the students, mm-hmm. you know. So that that's what we do. But again, like it's always, you know, paying it forward and really, you know, showing that next generation what it's all about. Because, again, it's not ever about me. Yeah. There was a time when it was, Mm -hmm. you know, when 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 I needed the whole world to know what Chris Scott was. Yeah. But that, that, that that's so not important. You know, what's important is that I'm taking all my wisdom, all my experience, all my know how, Mm -hmm. you know, 
and kind of giving that to the next generation, even how to navigate your way through the kitchen as mm. a chef of color, Yep, you know, all of those things. So it's so much experience that needs to be passed along. That's I totally agree with that. I mean, my background coming from, you know, fashion, I'm the co-founder of this magazine to navigate as a person of color in these spaces. Um, it's not easy, but anytime I can go back and tell people this is how we need to do it. This is how we you know, are on set. Giving that knowledge like that's going to help that person who maybe didn't know anything about that. You know, um, you got to know what you know, as well as how to actually interact with other people. Yeah, so that's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 And so, you know, are there any upcoming projects? You always seem to have something going on that we should know about that we can share with our readers and listeners. Well, we're currently looking for a brick and mortar spot. That's a standalone for Butterfunk all over again. You know, we nice. left Brooklyn back in 2019. Yep. And we're, and we're sort of looking to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Currently on the uh, Eight City 19 event book tour. I'll be down at the Bay Haven food and wine event in Charlotte this weekend Mm. uh, for the second time uh, in a row. Um, As you know, that's pretty much the mecca of black chefs. Yep. Like, like all the who's who just, just kind of comes there. So we're doing uh, dinner on Friday. I think it's, it runs Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I'm there Mm -hmm. Friday and Saturday. So Friday, I'm doing a seafood dinner with some, with some of my colleagues. Saturday morning, I'm doing a book signing that I'm back on the plane. Wow. I am so appreciative that you took the time. Um, Like I said, I've always liked when I've interacted with you on Instagram and you're just always doing things and being so kind and approachable. Now I see why. Um, And I just appreciate. Yeah, I just appreciate you being that beacon. and, And so many people can hear and listen to this and you know, fulfill their dreams and their verticals by the way they need to. So thank you so, so much. Yeah, my pleasure. wait to sit with you again to share another great story with you at Athleisure Kitchen. Athleisure Kitchen is a part of Athleisure Studio, our multimedia podcast network, which is the division of Athleisure Media, and whose sister site is Athleisure Mag. Get the latest episode by listening, following, and leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Premium, Himalaya, or your preferred podcast platform. Find out additional information by checking out the show notes. You can stay in the loop on who future guests are by visiting us at athleisurestudio.com backslash Athleisure Kitchen and on Instagram at Athleisure Kitchen and at Athleisure Studio. I'm your host, Kimmy Smith. Athleisure Kitchen is executive produced by Paul Farkas and myself and is mixed by the team at Athleisure Studio. We'll be back with another episode, so make sure that you set an extra plate for us.